Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 87, Sunday, January 30th, 2011. Hope you enjoy it. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back. Hey, two shows in two weeks. How about that, hey? One thing I like about that is that I can do my training update way faster. Yeah, I'm Barb, and uh, this is the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast, the podcast for beginning triathletes or maybe second-year triathletes. I try to give you uh, some hints and, and encouragement to just get out there and get started. I am... You know, when I first started this show, I was a very much a beginning triathlete. I'd done one triathlon and I was just starting my second season. But you know what? I am doing this for a couple of years now and I'm actually starting my, I don't know, third season, fourth season. One, two, three. This is my fourth season. Holy cow. So, you know, sometimes you might start thinking that, you know, I'm going to try really hard not to talk too high above the beginner, but if you catch me doing that or, uh, you know, talking too serious, just slap me and uh, send me an email and we'll get back on track. So right now I am training for um, a half marathon in the end of March and a half Ironman in June. And I'm following Joe Friel's training plan that's in his new book, the, um, what's it called? Your best triathlon, advanced training for serious triathletes. So that's what I'm doing. But uh, I certainly wasn't doing that the first year I started training. So uh, let me just take a look and I'll give you a real quick rundown of how my week has gone. I've had a nice week. It's I felt good. I managed to get everything I needed to get done, done. And I've really tried hard to have a bit of a focus on the... Um, on my core and my strength training, I've really tried to to make sure I'm getting that done. That's sort of been a focus. On Monday, I had uh, an IMS um, with my um, with my physiotherapist Roy, and that was a little more intense than the last time. But I was more ready for it mentally, so I managed it okay. It really hurts my back though, and I think it's really my back is really tight. So that's part of my problem. Because I was going to see him right after school that day, I didn't, uh, actually it wasn't even after school, it was around dinner time. So I did not go do any workout. And Monday's kind of a rest day, maybe just some strength training, that's all I do on Mondays. So so that worked out well. Tuesday came home, went for a run, and it was a neighborhood run, and I felt great. And I did about, picked up the pace just a little, because uh, I did some, let me just see, what did I do? Yeah, I kept a, usually I've been doing a seven minute kilometer. This was like a 645, 650. Went a little bit further than normal. I did about 6.6 kilometers, which is just, I don't know what that is, a little about four miles or so in 45 minutes. And I felt great. I did a little bit of walk in here and there, but the roads were not bad. And my average heart rate was much lower than it was last weekend when I went for my long run. So I was really happy about that. I stayed in zone two for sure. Then uh, the next day, that was Tuesday, Wednesday, I did a 45-minute trainer ride. I really had a focus on on trying to keep my heart rate steady. I did well on that and uh, warm up and cool down as well, averaging about 30 kilometers, 30 and a half kilometers an hour on my trainer, and that's strictly because that just happens to be the way the resistance is set. If you have a trainer 
you know, you set it to be a comfortable resistance, but you know, the kilometers or the miles that you get on that is really not that accurate. You'll find a lot of variation from one to the next. I try to get at a pace that I know I'm, that I would be able to maintain on a flat road, but I'm, I'm not even in my big gear on that. So there's no way I could maintain that kind of pace on a flat road in the gear that I happen to be riding in. So who knows? Anyways, mine, as long as I can compare one ride to the next and I keep everything the same on my bike, um, then I figure that's all that really matters. And I've been paying attention to what gear I'm in and I'm trying to keep my cadence really steady at 90 RPM. And I find that by listening to something like Podrunner or the music from Hellasound, um, hellasound.com, H-E-L-L-A-S-O-U-N-D, uh, you can uh, you can k- keep the beat well I mean I guess because I'm musical maybe that's why but I can't I pedal to the beat of the music and so all I do is pop in Engines of Destruction which happens to be my favorite Podrunner one or any of the songs that I've got from Hellasound that I've bought that were 180 beats a minute and I just automatically pedal to the beat and so it's it's great um, so that was Wednesday Thursday I went for another run and it was after work, a long, tiring day, and my, I was just really tired. I did 6.3 kilometers. I kept my pace uh, pretty steady. My heart rate was steady, but I was tired. I had tired legs and my ankle, that PTT, that uh, tendon, posterior tibial tendon, it was really sore afterwards. I wish I had some KT tape, but I have put an order in for some KT tape because sometimes I like to tape that ankle up a bit. It was kind of sore that night. Actually, it was really sore that night, but but the next day it was sort of better, and today it's it's been good, so I don't think it's a problem. And then, let's see, uh, that's two runs, and Friday night, um, last night, I did a 45-minute trainer ride again, and this time I was really disciplined. I did 15 minutes steady zone two, and then 15 minutes of drills, and here's how I did my drills. I did five sets of three minutes that added up to 15 minutes and each three minute set um, here's what I did I did spin-ups so for one minute I started at 80 my cadence was 80 I did that for 15 seconds and then I brought it up to 85 for 15 seconds then 90 for 15 seconds and then 95 for 15 seconds so basically adding, you know, and I, I mean, I'm doing as close to that as I can. It's really hard to maintain it exactly, obviously, but you get pretty close. So I'm slowly spinning up and then that took one full minute. When I hit the minute mark, then I spun as fast as I could steadily for a full minute, high speed spinning. And for me, that is anywhere from 105 to 115 RPM. And I'm trying to definitely keep it in in and around uh, the 110 area. Now, you have to be in a gear that you can spin without losing control or bouncing on your seat. Now, if I have my gear too low, it's it's really hard to keep smooth and steady on that. So you do have to find a gear. I don't shift gears while I'm doing this drill. So now I've spun for a full minute at really high cadence. And then I do one minute of one-legged drills. Now, because I am way weaker on my left side than my right, and because I'm kind of out of shape for for spinning in general, 
I'm not going very long on each side. I don't unclip. I just stay in clipped in, but I use one leg only and the other leg is just going along for the ride. And so I will, for one full minute, I'll do like 10 seconds right, 10 seconds left, 10 seconds right, 10 seconds left. And all my effort and my thinking is focused on the whatever leg that I happen to be spinning with. So I do that. And so that ends up, you know, being, if I'm doing 10 seconds, it's about uh, six, what, three times each side, right? Yeah. And at the end of that, I've done a full three minutes. And then I just repeat it. As soon as I get to the end of that, I go back to doing the 80 RPM, 85, 90, 95, and so on. And that's my little set. When I've done a couple at 10 seconds, the two middle ones, I did 15 seconds on each side when I did my one-legged drills. And then the last one, I did 20 seconds on my left leg, 20 seconds on my right, 20 seconds on my left, just to give my left leg a bit more workout. I'll tell you right now, the shape I'm in, doing one-legged drills even for 20 seconds with my left leg is just a killer. So that was Friday night. Um, after my workout Friday night, I did uh, my core and I did lower body strength and, st and a full stretch. And I didn't mention that... Um, I've been doing every day after the trainer, I've been doing um, a core workout with either upper body hand weights and push-ups. I can do f like four times 10 of what I call girly push-ups from my knees right now. And uh, then a bunch of sets of, uh, I do three sets of 10 of about, I don't know, six or seven different upper body strength workouts using my hand weights. I'm not doing too heavy. It's like five and 10 pound weights depending on the exercise. And uh, I just want to start working on that on a regular basis. So if I can get twice a week for upper and twice a week for lower, I'm really happy. And so after my training ride on Friday night, I did the lower body one. And uh, the only one I'm having some struggling right with right now is doing my walking lunges. Just uh, my right leg, my right hip can take it. My left leg is a stab in pain. So I'll be curious. Maybe she needs to unlock that when I go for my next ART appointment. So that was Friday night, and then this weekend, it's actually Saturday right now that I'm recording, I'm supposed to do a one and a half hour bike ride, and I'm supposed to do a one and a half hour run. And normally I'd run on Saturday and bike on Sunday, that's what my schedule says, but just because my ankle was a little sore, I really wanted to give it that extra rest day because for a long run, I'm going to have a really good long run. So I decided to run tomorrow, and I did my bike today, even though I did a bike last night. And for some of you, if you're just beginning triathlon, triathletes, you might not want to bike two days in a row, but it's just not really too hard for me, especially since I'm doing zone two stuff. So I did an hour and a half on the trainer today, and uh, I I was going to do drills, but you know because I had done a trainer ride last night, it was less than 18 hours apart, I couldn't do the drills. I just I started, I mean, I, I, I thought about my my uh, one-legged stuff and I kind of kept trying to pedal smoothly and I had that as a focus in my mind while I was doing it but I couldn't do the high-speed cadence stuff I was just my legs were just a bit too tired for it and that was okay I was able to keep a nice steady steady pace for most of it did a bit too long of a warm-up and then I did a good uh, about an hour 65 minutes I think was in zone two and uh, I did my upper body strength workout today so those are the two things I did. One thing I've been really trying hard is to make sure I do my full stretching routine at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. I'll do kind of a partial one um, 
at least once and then the full meal deal uh, the second time. And I try to throw in a little yoga as well if I have time at night. So tomorrow, I've got a one and a half hour run. Praying to God that that works out, that I'm not hurting. Everything's good right now. My foot is completely fine ever since last Sunday. I went for that run and it stopped hurting and it hasn't hurt since. Knock on wood. And um, my shins are okay. And um, my IT band's okay. I'm rolling it a little. Everything's pretty tight when I roll it, but uh, I'm not injured anyways right at this very minute. I have a couple more ART appointments uh, and I'm going to keep going kind of almost as a bit of a maintenance thing. She's just going to keep working away and trying to get me really, really loose. And I'm really excited that I can like touch my toes and stuff right now. So that's pretty exciting. So it's been a good week. This coming up week, I have um, a rest week. Now you might think, rest week already? But yeah, you know, when you're a beginner or if you are older, if like me, because in case you don't know, I am 50, 5-0, yeah. Uh, sometimes you should maybe take that um, rest week a little more frequently. So generally, the standard rule is three weeks on, one week off, right? But I do two weeks on, one week off. And I find that works really well for me. I just need it. If I do the third week, and I can do it, uh, it just it just ends up being just too much. It's not a very effective week for that third week. And then by the fourth week, when it's rest week, I am really tired. And I end up totally bailing on the last week. So I'm up to... Um, a rest week this week. It doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. It just means that instead of 45-minute weekly runs, I'm doing 30. And my long run won't bump up next week. I think next week I'm only going to do an hour 15. And uh, actually, it's a great week for rest week because Eric and I are taking off for Salmon Arm next weekend. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that every February, January, February, we end up going up to Salmon Arm. Little Hicktown about an hour and a half north of us, but uh, we really, really like it. And part of the reason is that there's this cool beer uh, brewery, I think it's called something Brew House, Brew House restaurant that we like to go to on Friday night, and there's a really lovely restaurant that we go on Saturday night called Table 24, which is a schmancy restaurant. So we have a couple of really nice meals. We stay in a nice place. We just relax. This year we're taking up our skate skis, and we're going to go to Larch Hills, um, probably on Saturday and do a little skate skiing and it'll be the first time I've been on skis in three weeks because I've taken off the th- last three weekends uh, while my groin injuries were healing up. So Eric has been skiing and I don't know it's not going to be very fun for him but I'm going to try and suggest that he he go off and ski some harder stuff while I play around on my own. And I'm not going to push too hard because uh, you know, I might just stop and go inside and rest uh, early. So um, if if I'm if he's wanting to go a little bit harder than I am, because I just don't want to, you know, re-injure anything. So yeah, that's uh, that's about the the way the week is going to go, and I'm pretty happy. And I'm going to have a little chat with Eric in a little while. Uh, he's just out for a run right now, but uh, when he gets back, we'll have a chat with him and see how his training's going. He is getting very excited about his race that's coming up. Okay. I have one email that I want to share with you from Joe. Gotta love getting our updates from Joe. And I had to apologize to her because she actually sent it to me and I, I somehow popped it into the wrong folder and I missed it when I did my show last year. Last week, I mean. I have two folders. They're called new KGT emails and not new KGT emails. So I try to move them from one into the other so I don't get miss them, you know. 
And if you've ever emailed me and I haven't either responded to you or read your email on the show, uh, make sure you email me and let me know because sometimes either maybe I don't get it, maybe I didn't get it, or maybe I just, uh, like I did, I slipped it in the wrong folder or something. So I really appreciate your emails and I do like to recognize them um, out loud so that, uh, you know, just to give you that little shout out, it's, I really appreciate getting them. You know, podcasting is a very lonely business and boy, getting that email just makes you feel like, gee, somebody's actually out there listening. Holy cow. All right. So my email from Joe says, hi, Barb. I have to brag about my Disney marathon. And yes, you do. That's awesome. She says, Ron and I ran the full and our daughter Dale ran the half. What fun. And I'm not even a big Disney fan, but it was great. I made myself start slow. I've been afraid to do this in longer races, thinking I'd still die in the second half and be even slower than if I just start fast and fade. Well, it worked great. I picked up my pace slightly about mile 18, and at mile 20, I was running over a minute per mile faster. That, it was an awesome feeling. Last marathon, I was walking running at that point in major pain. This one wasn't pain-free, of course, but it was bearable, and I kept telling myself, you do triathlon runs in pain, it's just a 10K. I beat my previous marathon time by 30 minutes. I'm still slow at 5.20, but I don't care. I was so happy when I crossed the finish line. I'm going to interject here. Joe, that is just absolutely amazing. And I'm really pleased to hear how, you know, you actually forced yourself to start slow and that it was really effective because that's, you know, that's what I want to do too. And, and I have the same feelings about like, oh my gosh, you know, what if I start slow and then just still get slower, right? But uh, yeah, that's excellent. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear things like that. All right, back to her email. She says, Ron had a good run too. He beat his best by 15 minutes and no injury. He's been having some injury troubles lately. And although he did get a wicked flu the next day, he rode the whole way home in the back. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Although he did get a wicked flu the next day and rode the whole way home in the back seat with a fever, cough, and aches, the whole deal. I had to drive through two days of icy roads, grr. <laughs> no kidding. Dale did the half, having not run longer than six miles in this round of training. She goes to school and works full-time. I put her expected finish time at 2.15, so they put her in Corral C. Spectators weren't allowed near the start, so we were waiting down the road for the start when she texted me that she was in the wrong corral. All the people around there looked like real runners. Ha! <laughs> she did the t fine, 2.41, and then she spent the rest of the week saying she felt like a loser because she only ran the half. Hey, I agree. There's no such thing as only a half marathon. And uh, she did really, really well considering she hasn't run more than six miles in her training. Marathon finishers got a free day at one park on Monday, so we chose the Animal Kingdom, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. They do a nice job with the races. Lots of water stops, gels, Powerade, bananas, pretzels, candy. You run through all four parks in the full marathon, Lots, lots of characters along the way. Runners actually stop and stand in line to get a picture with them. The line for Winnie the Pooh must have been at least 10 minutes long. Next year, we're all ambitiously planning to do the Goofy Challenge. And uh, for those of you who don't know, no, that means doing the half marathon on Saturday and the full marathon on Sunday. That is not only goofy, it's absolutely crazy. There's no way I could do that. Good for you. 
Uh, she says, oh, did I mention the longest run I managed in training for this race was only 13 miles? So 13 miles, you did a half you did a half marathon length and you ran a full. That's pretty amazing. She says, I didn't get to meet up with any of the podcasters that were there. Alan, Andrew, Stevie, or Gordon. Even one of the Gomers was there, but I didn't see him. I did see Al Roker in the half, though, so so close I could have touched him. Anyways, that's all she says. Oh, she says, I'm not doing very, w- very well with my core rip- ripping training yet. How are you? How about you? Yeah, Joe and I were kind of like having a little competition. We thought we'd try to encourage each other. So, Joe, I can tell you that in the last week and a half, I have been doing very, w- very well. So you better get your butt gear and do it as well. All right. Um, I got another quick question from Marianne. She she actually is part of our uh, KG Tries podcast listeners group on Facebook. You can just Google KG Tries and you'll probably find it if you want to join. Anyways, she said she just discovered my podcast. She's starting with the older ones. And right now, at least as of the moment that I'm re- saying this, uh, recording this, she's not been able to download uh, uh, most of the older ones. And so I went in and, and unsubscribed and resubscribed and I found that I could only get one, two, four, I think 19, and then the last four. All the new middle ones aren't working. And I don't know why. I've checked out Mevio and I've checked out my feed and I've checked out Blogger. So I'm kind of hoping that it's just uh, a little blip and that uh, in the next couple of days it'll suddenly start working again. Because when I looked at my stats and things, I can see that there have been downloads of lots of the other shows over the last week or so. And so this is just a last couple of day thing. However, if you're ever listening and you've tried downloading older shows and can't, um, shoot me an email and we'll see if we can solve the problem. One thing I've thought about doing is putting all my old shows as MP3s into a folder so that people can just go in and download them So, um, and not having them all on iTunes because it gets a bit much. And not only that, like some of those old shows are really crappy. <laughs> I'm almost embarrassed to have them on there, but I was learning and trying and I don't know, maybe my current ones are crappy too. I don't know. All right. So um, I'm going to sign out for now and uh, I'm going to wait until I get a chat with Eric and we'll do that next. All right. Thanks. Okay. I'm back. And by my side is my darling husband, Kelowna guy. I actually call him Kelowna guy. <laughs> KG for short. Oh no, that, that's you. That's right. I'm KG. I actually want to get a license plate that says KG. I don't think we can afford it. Okay. It's like 75 bucks, you know. KG tries. Nobody in the world will know what it means. Nobody in Kelowna. Why not? I don't know. Because oh. it's a waste of 75 bucks. That would be on my car too, though. That's right. Well, you're a Kelowna guy, so it works for us. But mine would have to say KG does. Do's. Do's. <laughs> Let's get on with this. What are you drinking? I'm having a Malbec from Argentina. Okay. See, I was going to tweet that, and I'm going, Malbec, Argentina, Chile, Argentina, Chile. Couldn't decide, so I didn't tweet it. No, it was Argentina for sure. But but prior to that, I had a hop head, hop head from a tree, Kelowna. A beer. Absolutely. Okay. Hop head. Is that the brand? Oh, yeah, that is. I've seen that one in the fridge, right? Okay, so... 
I don't know why, but people keep wanting to he- ask and hear about what Kelowna guy is up to. And um, you weren't on my last week's show, so that means it's been three weeks since we heard an update from you. Uh, so you have an eight-week training program for your big duathlon down in Phoenix. Uh, where are you right now? End of the fifth week, and that was a rest week. And during the rest week, I did like 20 or 30 minutes a day of running or biking. But the running's been going going decently. Um, I had... Uh, my pace was uh, what, 5:30 two days ago, and then 5:25 today. And uh, if I can maybe get it, uh, let's see, the race is three weeks away. So if I can get it down to 5:20, I guess I'd be happy. 5:20 would be good. So, what do you think of that? I know he wants he wants me to talk. I was really busy. I was at. I was at Bain.info, B-A-N-E dot I-N-F-O, where there's a really excellent run pace conversion. And I know all you Americans are wondering, what's a 520? Boy, that's a fast mile. Oh, this is kilometers. So I just did the conversion, and a 520 kilometer is still pretty quick. It's an 834 mile. For a beginning um, runner, that's pretty darn fast. Yeah, deal is I really don't like running. I really, it hurts, uh, but it's getting better as time goes on, and all I can do is just keep chopping, chopping five seconds, you know, just improving by five seconds pace-wise every month or so, and then eventually I'll be right down there, and uh, that's what I'll do. So when you say it hurts, like how do you mean hurts? Does it hurt while you're running, after you're running, what kind of thing? Oh, it's not after I'm running. I don't care how what happens after. It's during that... Oh, my legs are sore. Oh, jeez, I'm tired. And gee, why don't I just walk? I mean, who really cares anyways? Then I have to, I, I'm always talking to myself during the run. That's what you say, because that's not very motivational. Well, you're right. <laughs> it is. I'm joking. No, it isn't motivational, you know. Uh, sometimes I think I must, I have to be a whole lot more positive during my runs. Because, and I, I think I'm starting to go that way. Oh, so you're serious. You're actually saying those things. Oh, yeah, I'm saying, why don't I just walk for a little bit? I'm really tired here. Okay. Who's really going to care besides me? But that's actually good, then. If if the only pain you feel is actually during the run, like, that'll, you, the more you run, the the easier the running gets. And you're not feeling pain after and getting injured. That's that's super. I'm not, I'm not injured, no, but I'm tired. You know, yeah. I feel like my body right now, five weeks, this, I'm five weeks into this um, eight-week, training program and my body is like tired it just feels tired so I can hardly wait till the rest week before the race because I hope that if I just take it easy during that week before my body will just feel just ready to go when the race time rolls around and also I hope that by taking a week off and, and I'm not saying totally off but you know running 10 just doing 10-15 minute things uh, that my mind will be sharp too because I, I mean I really believe it's a combination of your mind and your body it's not just your body it has to be your mind you're, you have to be keen you have to want to do it otherwise you're not going to do a good job yeah, that's right so it's interesting I, I think you and I actually agree about 
the taper week uh, in that when it, yeah, I look at some of the programs and I know with most coaching they they cut back on intensity and duration but they're still doing you know running and biking and swimming right up until the race even little mini races where you do get up some pretty hard um intensity for short short periods of time and i know at at my age i just basically i do way better by doing almost nothing for about three or four days before a race and just giving my body a complete chance to recover and then when I get out there and, you know, maybe do a bit of a walk or something, but I don't get, it doesn't bother me to do nothing for a week and uh, really cut it back. So after about Tuesday, I'm I'm ready to sit and do nothing till till Saturday. And that's what I've done most races. Well, you have to realize when you're like 50 or 60, yeah. a week is a short period of time compared to when you're like 20 or 30 or 35. Yeah. So like a week rest means really for your youngsters, it's only like, two or three days so we need the week rest because in comparison to our whole lifetime that's how long it is you mean as a percentage of our life yeah that's right <laughs> so you know you you need that kind of a rest to go on and i think uh, i i think when you're older there's a whole lot more intangibles in effect it's not just physical conditioning physical di- conditioning is just one thing and and I think when you're older, it's got to be a combination of your mind, your soul, your body. It's it's a whole lot more of a deeper experience, I think, when you're older than it is when you're younger. Because it means so much more. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that's sort of a generalization. I think it's probably partially true. I think there's probably some really, really young people that are just so dedicated and, yeah. and intense that they probably feel that enti- entire thing that you're talking about as well, though. But I think there's more things to balance uh, when you get older. What do you mean? Uh, more things can go wrong. Oh, I see. And you have to make sure you're on an even keel going into the race. And that's why I think that, that pre-race relax period is so important. Because the keenness part in your mind is utmost when you're an older athlete. Whereas I think the keenness part when you're young, you can almost, it doesn't matter a whole lot because you've got the physical stuff to carry you through. Yeah. And you've got to have the combination of the physical and, and the spirit and uh, the mindset when you're older. Otherwise, you're not going to pull it off. Yeah, so it's just a matter of, of um, being mentally ready for it, you mean? And, and just it's more mind over matter. Yep, I think so. I think so. I do believe that as you move on. So you, you're in week five. You're just finishing week five or just starting week five? Just to clarify. Finishing week five. It was a rest week. So you have two more fairly challenging weeks. Okay, you've got about six to seven hours of training each week. I'm looking at his plan right now. And then you've got your taper week and then the race. So you've got three weeks till your race. Three weeks today pretty well, eh? Yeah, three weeks tomorrow. That's right. And uh, yeah, the next two weeks are going to be really tough weeks. Um there's some heavy bike work on here that I'm not sure I'm going to do. Hmm. I'd rather do some heavy run work because I, I really think that's where I need to work. That's just where I'm at. Uh, I've been looking at... Uh, I've been analyzing like the course and even previous years' times and stuff like that with guys my age. And my, my bike is, is okay. 
it's okay. It's where it should be. I'm not too worried about that. But my run still needs to do some work. So I, I think that's where I'm going to try to focus on during the next two weeks. Okay, and so let's just talk a little bit more about uh, you talking about analyzing the course and, and what have you done um, as far as that's concerned and how is that changing the way you're doing your training? Uh, I've been looking at the distances and the elevations that are involved in the course because it's posted online, so that's kind of cool. And um, trying to find comparable um, courses around here that I can run to... Uh, get myself to know what it feels like so, so I can yeah profile. so same uh, elevation profile same grade because the first first five and a half k run is like uh, uh, one and a half k at a, about a two percent grade and then the second half of it is a one and a half to two percent grade uh, finishing off the first five k or, or th three miles or so so I'm trying to find something comparable around here um, to do that with because I don't want to be surprised when I hit the slope on the first run because it does start off right away with this 2% grade for one and a half miles. That's a long uphill, even if it's not steep. That's a long uphill, and if you're not used to it. So it's really important, as you're saying here, to have your training be race-specific, right? And so that's that's a sort of some good advice to all new triathletes and duathletes and runners and anybody else out there that if you're going to do your first race especially, uh, check out the website for the race, get the elevation program profile and find out, you know, whether you're going to be doing hills or what are you going to do and make sure that your training matches the kind of race that you're going to have. Yeah, that's what I mean, intangibles. Like you have to, even though Arizona is thousands of kilometers away, I have to try to make it my home course mm -hmm. without even having run on it because that's worth a lot. You all know, well, like a home game or whatever, it, it's worth something. It's, it's, you got to play all the odds. So uh, in, in relation to that then, as far as, you know, to planning your race, are you thinking about the weather at all? Because here we are in the cold and snow and it's like you're training in, in, uh, you know, 25 to 35 degrees Fahrenheit, and now you're going to be going down to Arizona, which in my mind is a warm place. Um, how is that going to play into your race plan? It'll be a positive, because training in the cold will make it easier to run in the warm, for me, because I'm a warm-weather runner. And uh, also the temperature in the morning there, I understand for that start of the race, could be like 45, 50 Fahrenheit, which is what? 10, 10, 10 uh, Celsius, 8 to 10 to 12 Celsius. So so I think if the weather is bad, rainy, cold, that's a good thing for me. Mm -hmm. I always like it when the weather is bad because I think that's where, again, we're talking intangibles. We're talking the emotional part of it, the emotional maybe strength of it. And I think... Um, I'm stronger when something is not normal. <laughs> Maybe that's because you're not very normal. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. Yeah, but 
That's true. I mean, you're coming from a cold climate and going down, and it's not like you're going down there in the middle of July when it could be 100 degrees. I mean, the warmest it could be is maybe 70, 75. So this is not, those are not bad temperatures. Even if it was a first, a freak heat wave, it's never going to be something uncomfortable for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope that, that <laughs> I don't know. You know, you're out to, to somehow, whatever way you can, beat your opposition. I mean, maybe that's not why some people are in it. They're, they're just in for their times, their times, their times. But there is an opposition that you're running against and whatever, and you're, you're trying to look for the edge. And you kind of hope that the people that are used to running in warm, warm weather maybe we'll get shocked a little by the cold, I, you know, if, it, if the weather's off kilter. Yeah, well, like I think for me, you know, it depends on the race, right? And so if, there, if I have like a shot at being in the top four, five, six, well, then I'm, I'm really trying hard to pick off anybody that, you know, and try and get into those top three for sure. You know, and if I'm in a race where there's 30,000 people and I'm going to be in the top thousand, well, then I don't care at all. Then it's just totally... You know, trying to beat my own time and, you know, and I'm always trying to beat my own time. But um, there's something else I want to chat about because this is a become going to become relevant for me soon as well. And that's doing bricks. And up until now, bricks, you know, you just you bike and you run or you run and you bike. Well, when I start base two, which is another week from now, because I've got a training week or rest week coming up and then following week, I'm going to have my first brick. And I suddenly realized, like, it's a real challenge to do, do do a brick at this time of year because we bike indoors and we run outdoors. And the hard part is, for me, I think, is how can I do a two-hour trainer ride and then jump off the trainer and go run outside when I'm wearing a tank top and bike shorts, yet I can't wear the warm clothing. I, I don't have time to switch into those clothes. And so the only real option is to go to a gym and sit on some god-awful um cycle or cycle machine at the gym for two hours and then jump on a treadmill but that's not even close to being race specific so i'm wondering how you've been managing that challenge because you've had bricks all the way along yeah well the gym thing has been part of it uh but the other way of course is if you do your run first okay you do your run first outside and then you come in and do your your bike after that which makes sense for what I'm going to be doing with the duathlon because you do do a run and then a bike. Now, the problem, of course, comes in when you have to go out and do the run again afterwards. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Go to the gym. I guess that's the only way we can do it because otherwise you're going to get sick probably running outside. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, once I take the time to throw on more clothing... I don't see how I can... I mean, the whole idea of running after you've been biking is kind of lost if you don't do it immediately, you know? I mean, if you take a 10-minute break, and I'm so sweaty after biking inside that even if I put more clothes over top of the really sweaty clothes and then go out and run, I'm just... I haven't figured out how I'm going to do this. I'm kind of hoping that maybe the weather will be nice enough in two weeks that I can maybe ride my mountain bike, but even then, that's like a two-hour ride. I don't know if I'm prepared for that, but... That's something I'm going to have to figure out. Yeah, I know I have a 15, 60, 15, 15 run, 60 bike, 15 run tomorrow. And uh, there's no choice. I have to go to the gym. I have to go down to the gym to do it because uh, there isn't any other way. I I guess theoretically you could go out and do the, the 15 run, no problem. 
come back and do the 60 bike on a trainer. No problem. And then I would, I would, because I'm dripping after a 60 minute ride, I, I'd strip, towel off, put fresh, clean clothes on, and go outside. I could do it. Yeah. Could do it. But the problem is tomorrow it's supposed to be like minus four, or minus three high tomorrow Celsius. So that's, you know, that means like tights and two two or three layers. I know it takes me 20 minutes to get ready for a run right now, you know, normally. But uh, yeah, I guess that's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And for me, I can't, the, the run after the bike is the most important part. It's like running before the bike is not very helpful for me. And the reason it takes you so long to get ready, though, <laughs> you have to figure Shush. out. <laughs> you have to figure out your color combination. Oh, that's so bullshit! That is total bullshit. It is. It is not. You. I have to figure know. out my color combination. Like, have you? Are you married to me? You. You are giving the wrong impression to these people. Do I? Spend time. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to make a, a jab about me being on Twitter. I no, thought that's because no, no, no. that's why I get delayed. Also, you have to decide, am I going to wear this? Should I wear this? Should I wear this? Okay, what? But it's not about colors. Talk about why. Why is it real? Here's the deal, though. <laughs> you have to figure this out before you start your workout. you got to have your clothes lying there. Then it'll only take you a minute to get changed instead of 25 minutes. Okay. Now... You know what? And he's talking about that I can't decide. Do how many layers do I need? How warm is it? How cold is it? And you know what? At the beginning of the season, I was like that because I couldn't decide. But if you've ever noticed lately, I haven't done that at all. Like I haven't done that for months, Eric. I have not done that for months because I write down everything I wear on on uh, Daily Mile and I write down the temperature and I just know what I need to wear now at this stage of the game. But what actually delays me is that... Well, I dawdle, and and then I go on Twitter and say I'm thinking about going for a run, and then I go in and say I'm I'm half dressed for my run, and then I I'm going for my run now, and then I get out there and I realize I forgot three things, you know. So yeah. Anyways, shut up. <laughs> you have to just set up in here like a transition. You know, you just got to get a transition, and yes, it's going to take a minute or two longer because you have to switch some clothes over, yeah. and you have to towel off. You know that whole deal. But it's possible. It's possible, but it's just hard. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of I'm looking forward to it. My first one's going to be in two weeks, I think, and I don't know. I, it'll only be mid-February, so I'm not too sure what's going to happen. You know. All right. Do you have anything else to add or subtract from that little chat? Um. Nope. No. I. Well. Um. I've been looking at the times, and these guys are really good runners down there. I'm I'm really I'm really worried about uh keeping up in the run just like with the Xterra I I you know I I lost a lot of time in the run and I I do believe that same thing will happen in Arizona and uh I just hope that my run is better than it was and that my um my bike will make up for it a little bit I I have no doubt I have no doubt you're going to do better than your last race and whether or not you beat any other buddy, any other buddies, any other buddies. Of course, I'll beat some people. <laughs> the other, I was going to finish my sentence. Uh, whether or not you beat other people in your in your age group, I don't know. Of course, I will. It doesn't matter. How many are there? Mean it How many were matter. there last year? It doesn't, doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. I will love you anyways. Oh, That's my sh- point. Shocking. So, sweetie pie. How many people? <laughs> how many people <laughs> were in your age group last year? I think eight or nine. Oh, and okay. and you know. It, it would be really cool to hit three, mm-hmm. but I don't think I can. 
you know, not unless I have an exceptionally good day and some other people have exceptionally bad days. Um, <laughs> I guess I, out of, if there were eight, my goal would be five. That's okay. not bad. Yeah, fifth out of eight. That's pretty that's, good. I think I can do it. Especially since you've only done two duathlons in your life. Mm-hmm. And was the exterior one of them, or is that in addition? No, that was one of them. That was one of them. So you've only done bare bones once. Yeah. Oh, I had in my mind you'd done it twice. No, okay. It only felt like twice. <laughs> yeah, it took long <laughs> enough for it to be twice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. I'll never forget watching you do that second run. <laughs> I felt sad for you. I know. Me too. I felt sad as well. <laughs> and this will be interesting this time to see whether I come off a little better this time. Well, you're going to have to be a little careful on the bike not to kill your legs on the bike. Yeah. It's hard for us, us cyclists to do that. Yeah, it is. But the good thing about the bike is the last third of it is all slowly downhill. So you can mm. relax your legs a little bit and Perfect. spin. Yeah, Get those legs going. Okay, well, All thank right. you very much. Maybe we'll touch base with you just before you leave on your trip. Okay. And then we'll uh, do a little recap afterwards. Okay. All right. Anybody uh, coming to watch me? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, well, I think dirt. Um, s- well, Sweet Daddy D won't be able to come watch you because he's doing a, a, a half marathon at the same time uh, you're racing. But okay. I'm sure that you will be able to touch base with him, uh, with Doug. But my brother will be there. That's right, and he better take lots of pictures because I won't be there, and I want to watch you come across. Oh well, I wish I wish Yogi was good. Like he could like take my iPhone and you stream the race or something. That'd be fun for me to watch that way. But sadly, he's not very technological, even less so than my than I am. No. Yeah. Is it possible to be less technological yeah, than he, you? He doesn't even go on Facebook. I I email him all the time. Yeah. Well, then he just sends jokes back. Okay, thank you very much. I'm glad to hear from you, and um, we will go and have a lovely dinner now, oh, now that we've drank one glass of our wine already. That's good. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. I love you. All right. Ditto. Okay, that's it. So I'm just going to finish up here and say that if you want to reach me, you can email me at colonagirl at gmail.com. That's K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L. And you can always go to Facebook slash Kelowna Girl and uh, add me as a friend if you like. And if you're already on Facebook, whether you follow me or not, you can go search for KG Tries Podcast Listeners. Yeah, I know that's a bit wordy, but anyways, there's a link to it on the show notes and on my blog too if you like. You can join my uh, group and there are like, I don't know, 40 of us or so and we're having some interesting conversations, so... Um, join on in and we'll and we'll uh, add you as a friend okay so I am going to find a song I have no clue what I'm going to play I never did get Eric to sing us a song but he is going to one of these days can you do one for tonight? no why not? I don't have the time okay well maybe we can get him to do it next week alright I think instead then I'm going to play a song by Bon Jovi that my son is playing in his his year end guitar show that they have at their music school. The Wentworth Music School does this amazing um, tribute show every year and all the kids who play music there play as part of a band. So this year that's a tribute to Bon Jovi and it's called We Weren't Born to Follow. And he's playing rhythm guitar for the final song. So kind of looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. 
And uh, I like the lyrics in it, too. Okay, have a great week, and I'll see you again. This one goes out to the man who minds for miracles. This one goes out to the ones in need. This one goes out to the sinner and the cynical. This ain't about no apology. This road was paid by the hopeless and the hungry. This road was paid by the winds of change. Walking beside the guilty and the innocent. How will you raise your hand? When